I'm not going to do the joke today like I normally do or jokes. I, I want to keep in flow. But I do want to say this. I went to eat breakfast at one of the uh, Jimmy's Eggs. I guess, yeah, they're plural, so last week. And I got this waitress. Man, she was weird. <laughs> right off the bat, she introduces herself and drops not one but two tracks on me. I guess she thought I really needed it. <laughs> and she was just amazing. Salvation plan twice. <laughs> Smile, God loves you. And this one says, thank you. And man, I mean, it's, it's not the Romans road. It's got five of them. Um, the church that she goes to. And she was doing that with everyone in the place that she was waiting on. She held nothing back. She might as well be on the street corner preaching. And uh, I, I, she, she came back to me bringing coffee or something, and I said, are you one of those Jesus fanatics? And she said, yes, I am. How about you? And I go, well, he's my boss. And she goes to the very next table. A couple just sat down, and she said, how about you all? Is he your boss? I mean, this was cool, you know. Uh, uh, so, hint, hint. As you're uh, out in life around and everything, it's okay to tell people about the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. But her exuberance was great. It really was. It was, uh, it was great to see that. And I told her before I left that I thought what she was doing was really good and keep on. She said, I'm going to. <laughs> so, uh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I've had, you know, white people before. I don't talk religion or politics, and well, I'm waiting on tables. And I said, well, I don't either. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. Yeah. You know, I don't talk about religion. Amen. That's the only people I can find in the Bible he rebuked was the religious people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Good to see you. This is, this is going to be a day of days with the Lord. I guarantee you it's going to be something that you're going to... Uh, you're, you're, you're going to really, I, I believe if your heart's tuned in today, you're going to get something extra special. I'm not just saying that. I, I really and truly believe that all the way down. So uh, tune in today. One other thing I do want to mention, how many of you have seen American Underdog? Anybody besides me? One? Anybody else? Oh, you guys have to watch it, right? You have to watch it. It's about Kurt Warner. Uh, and his movie's just been out. Uh, it's on Amazon right now. It is an awesome, awesome, awesome movie. And it's not, you know, it's not a Christian per se movie, but his life is, as a Christian, and actually it starts off with he's not, but he um, has this girlfriend that uh, obviously is. And as the thing progresses, you can just see his walk grow in the Lord. But this guy overcame more obstacles the, the lady that he ended up marrying, this, this girlfriend of his, uh, had a little boy that wasn't even supposed to live. I mean, it's just, it's just full of real stuff. And uh, you better have a hanky or two. I'm just telling you. Uh, Ex-Marines can, can cry. Uh, it's, it's a great, great movie. It's, it's, to me, it's like, you know, I don't watch a lot of movies for obvious reasons. I don't like to walk in garbage. But this one is really good. I, can, I cannot too strongly recommend it. Good acting. Uh, great story. And it's based on, of course, Kurt Warner as a quarterback who uh, made all uh, uh, most valuable player in, in the league and uh, went to three Super Bowls and just all kinds of stuff. And the stuff that he had to attain to get there. I mean, he never got drafted. He, he got passed over. I mean, it's, it's just great. So... American underdog, not to confuse, be confused with American hot dog. Okay, praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day you've given us to glorify you, to praise you, to honor you, and to be in your presence in a special way, in the corporate anointing. I thank you that you've prepared this way for us, and we have prepared our hearts for you. So we meet in this encounter with you, Holy Spirit. 
And we thank you for manifesting Jesus in our midst. And everyone said thank you and amen. Jesus' name, praise God. Praise God. Well, today's sermon title is The Answer. And everybody already knows who the answer is, right? Okay, three of you do. Um, His name is Jesus. But I always have had this thing in the back of my head. Okay, if Adam caused the fall, or maybe I should say accepted the fall, and Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, made all things new when I receive him and born again, is what he did less than what Adam did? Is what everything Jesus turned around, is it? equal to, greater than, or less than what Adam did. And I think a lot of us would tend to think that it's less than because Eden was perfect and we're not living in a perfect life right now. Oh yeah, we have heaven to look forward to and praise God for that. That's the one that lasts all the time. But this is a proving ground. It's, and it's here, first of all, to prove yourself to yourself. Because as we turn our lives and hearts to God, then you look back at your past and you realize, oh my gosh, I used to do that. I used to be that. I used to say that. I used to whatever. And I believe that the only reason we think that is because we're not thinking right. I believe, and I'm going to say to you today some things, and I don't want you to get uncomfortable and think that I'm going off some weird way or something, because I'm right on the Bible But I think you'll see some things today that you may not have seen before, or maybe it'll be a little greater dimension than what you've seen before. But I believe the glory of Eden, anybody ever heard that song? That's a trick question. We just sang it. Um, I believe the glory of Eden is available for us today, not in the same way that it was then, but in a way that God will walk with us and talk with us in the cool of a garden or in the heat of the summer or whatever else he is. This life of Christianity, of the new creation that 2 Corinthians 5 talks about, if Christ is in any man, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things are made new. Have all things been made new in our lives? Well, it's not going to be perfect in this world. But that doesn't mean that we can't take advantage of the perfect one who lives in us. So I want to start off uh, with a book everybody's familiar with, Genesis. How many of you heard of Genesis? Okay, five people. Okay, we're getting bigger numbers here. Now the serpent was more crafty. And you know the day of creation and the six days and the seventh day and uh, Adam and Eve and um, how... God made man, ish is a Hebrew word, and then he made ish, ah, the, the woman. That's true, that's true Hebrew. Ish and ish, ah. Nobody gets that one? Okay, moving right along. And they were told they could eat of any tree, the fruit of any tree in the garden except the one tree in the center, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And there was a tree there called the tree of life. And they had the opportunity to, to eat of that or any other tree, but they were told, just one, don't touch it. Genesis 3, 1, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? See, he's already changing it up. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what he said. Serpent, you will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. That lie is still in full manifestation today. All we have to do is open our eyes and we'll see it. 
Verse 6, when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye. Ever heard of the lust of the eye? And also desirable for gaining wisdom. She's looking at wisdom as being, know the difference between good and evil. Well, they didn't even have to know that because God took care of it for her. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was there with her and he ate it. So women always remind the guys that he was right there. Verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Didn't want to see the animals seeing them. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? See, God knew it, but he's questioning them. It's sometimes called a test. The man said, the woman you put here, she gave me the fruit from the tree and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Passing the buck. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, that's hatred, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. There's where the prophecy of Jesus comes in, Genesis 3, 17. God already had a plan before the creation of the world because he knew what would happen. Remember, God's outside of time, space, and matter, so everything that's ever happened, he's already seen it. Because time is not something he's moved by. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With pain you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband. He will rule over you. To Adam he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken for dust you are, and to dust you will return. In other words, the life is going out of the dirt and he's going back into the ground. Nice knowing you, Adam. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed him. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove them out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. If he'd let Adam eat from the tree of life from there, then it would have been a miserable world. Got in trouble, didn't they? Handed it down to you and me, didn't they? Well, don't blame Adam and Eve. You've done the same thing. So what I have. Yeah. We look back in the Bible and see all the people messed up. And we think, I would have never done that. How stupid. You're reading the book, man. He wrote it for you so you'd know what not to do. Take courage from the Bible that guys like David who messed things up was still a man after God's own heart. And so we need to remember that uh, your sins are not written in the Bible. Oh, that would not be bad. Uh, come on, be honest. 
How would you like your, your sins in the Bible? Boy, getting quiet this Presbyterian church. Praise God. Now, there's an interim in the life of man on earth. We're not going to go through all of that. Adam is obviously messed up. So the man probably turned to his wife and said something like, we goofed up, what is the answer? This interim was what we shall call the space of time between Adam and Eve, where they were until the law was given to and through Moses. Cain and Abel were born, their two, first two sons. And there was a time when they brought an offering to the Lord. And Cain brought an offering that was a poor choice. Abel made a good choice from his offering. And we pick up in Genesis 4, verse 2. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of the flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. You ever got ticked off at something? Maybe you're trying to do something for somebody probably half-hearted and they don't like it, or they don't appreciate it, or they, don't, they don't accept it. Yeah, Cain was that way. Verse 6, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not what is right, sin is crouching at your door. And it deserves to have you, excuse me, it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. There's a key right there that sin is crouching at your door, in case you didn't know that. But we must what? We must rule over it. How are we going to do that? One might ask if Cain had the thought, what is the answer? At the same time, the answer is being revealed to the first family of the Bible. One could very well ask, dummy, don't you see it? Uh-oh, there we go again, looking at the Bible thinking that they messed up, but we wouldn't have done that. Genesis 9. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in the number and fill the earth. This is after the flood, okay? The fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground and on all the fish in the sea. They are given into your hands. There was a new start right there. God wiped out all the junk and started again. Verse 3, everything that lives and moves will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. So man could now eat fish and fowl and cow and dinosaur and everything else that was around. Verse 6, Whoever sheds human blood, by human beings shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made humankind. In other words, God believes in capital punishment. It's not in the law. It's before the law. Now, in the law, he says an eye for an eye, hand for a hand, life for life, all that kind of good stuff. But here he talks about life. And what we've so missed it many times in our own minds and in the churches in general is that the fact that this, the Bible's not about sin and not sinning. The Bible's about life and death. 
And we've got to keep that in mind. The Bible says in Genesis, we didn't read this, but it says that God took the dirt. That's the reason men are so dirty, right? God took the dirt and formed it and blew the breath of life into it. Hebrew words nefesh means soul. Put a soul in him. And it came to life. Well, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> it was a dirt bag now. Now it's Adam. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things in the Bible that you can really have fun reading. Yeah. If you just think about it a little bit. God brought life. Adam and Eve chose death. God said, the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. And somebody says, well, they didn't die that day. Yeah, they did. They died spiritually. Their spirit man was gone. They were still there in flesh and soul, but they weren't there in spirit any longer. God cannot take people who are not a spirit creation to heaven. That's the reason you must be born again. So we see that God had to work through quite a few things. He had to work with people like Cain and Abel. Cain brought an offering, but his heart wasn't in it. He just brought some of the grain he raised. Abel brought an offering. He had to slay an animal to be able to get that fat offering. Last time I checked, you just don't go up to a pig and say, give me some of your fat. It'll make out a pretty squealy noise. You have to slay it. And the Bible tells us later on the life is in the blood. The life is in the blood. Okay, so we have that picture of an offering that Abel made to God. Cain eventually killed his own brother. As he was jealous of him and he was of... The wrong spirit, of course. He wasn't a born-again Christian. He couldn't be because Jesus hadn't gone to the cross and died for a penalty of, the, of mankind. That whoever would believe in him would be made a new creation. Okay, so we go on and we see the things that are happening here now with Noah. And we see what? Now it's okay to eat birds and fish and escargot and other things you want to eat. Oink, oink. There was no, nothing unclean. Not, not at that time. Later on, we would find there would be unclean animals only to the Jewish people because God was using them to be an example to the world, called out people, and he was having to do things physically because they weren't born again yet. Oh my gosh, they never were up until that time, I mean, up until the cross. I'm just thinking about all the things that the Bible says about some Jewish people. Well, it's been given to us for examples. That doesn't mean that we pick on Jewish people. One of my best friends happens to be a Jew. But it does mean that they lived an example so that we wouldn't have to live like that in a physical understanding, in a physical world, and be afraid of the physical and mental anguish that is out there. Because if there's ever been a time in the world for you to be fearful of something, it's today. God and I had a great meeting last night, and I was really enthused about this time to be able to share with you today. Then I get up this morning and I look at Fox News for a few minutes. And I see, oh my gosh, it's getting worse in Ukraine. Russia hit a place that's almost at Poland. Uh, Iran put missiles at us in, in, over there. And they didn't kill anybody, but they, they hit us. They hit one of our places. Chi uh, says from China, don't mess with Taiwan. Don't, ever, don't anybody give any, anything to them for defense or materials to, of war. All this happened just, you know, overnight. As we slept. And what else was it? Oh, yeah. Here's the one that really got me. They were talking about a survey that's just been done in the U.S. Only 68% of Republicans in the country 
if we were invaded like Ukraine has been invaded. Only 68% of the Republicans would stand and fight. Furthermore, only 40% of the Democrats would. So that, just a little over half of the people in America. And I thought, where are you going to go? Mexico? Canada? You just jump in the ocean, you'd be better off. I'm not getting political here, I'm getting honest. It, we don't have the tenacity to fight for freedom anymore. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. I, I just can't believe it. I can't believe that we would say, I'd go to another country. Everybody in Mexico is coming here in South America. Everybody in Canada has gone crazy. <laughs> what, what, what are we as a country thinking? Well, folks, the problem is the church. Because the church is wimpy. Pardon me for all people that take offense to that. I don't really care. We need strong people. We need people of intestinal fortitude, as my middle school coach used to say. Didn't even know what that was for a couple of years. Guts! And you know something else? There's no fear in the Lord. In the Lord. No fear. What should I fear? I mean, why should I fear? Give me one reason I should fear. Now, I want to stay around because there's people that need heaven. And I need to realize that every day of my life that there are some people that if this place blows up the next day or two, they're not going to make heaven. And I don't want that. I want everybody to be able to have the opportunity to know the true gospel, not some mamby-pamby thing that some preacher on TV has shared about take this 30 seconds and pray this little prayer and you'll be, you'll be heaven-bound. That's not it. I want to see people with the real honest gospel presented to them that they understand that Jesus Christ is the only way because he's the one that laid down his life literally for you and for me. And whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have life everlasting. We have neighbors, we have loved ones, we have people in our workplaces, our schools that don't know Jesus, and we're there to tell them, and we haven't said anything yet. We've kind of been, uh, uh, do you want Jesus? The righteous are bold as a lion. Now, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. Okay? I'm angry at the devil and the things that he's done, the lives that are being snuffed out daily. First of all, in America, in the womb, and secondly, overseas in this stupid war where the people in both countries pay the price, including the Russian soldiers that are there by force. Are we praying? Are we believing? Are we, you know, what can we do? We can do what we can do. Yes. One of my one-liners is all you can do is all you can do. You just got to make sure you're doing it all. <laughs> okay? I can't save the whole world, but I can sure give them the good news in bits and pieces here and there and continually and encourage and bring forth discipleship and an understanding of what the Bible teaches me and how I can go from it. You progressive Christianity today, you know what they're doing? They're saying the apostles didn't have it. They're saying the ones that walked with Jesus, that was infancy in the church and now we've progressed and we've gotten to a higher level and we understand things differently and, and we understand things. But hogwash! The Bible of God is more current than anything you can find in the world. Including right now. <laughs> Just read it. There is a difference to be made and the church is the answer to make the difference. And the Bible teachings and understandings are for us for our betterment that we will not be like we were yesterday. 
The Word of God shall live forever. Doesn't fade. Doesn't pass away. It'll return. It will not return void. It will go forth and accomplish what it's sent to do. And guess where the Word should be emanating from? Not just the preacher's mouth. The ministers of reconciliation, the ambassadors for Christ Jesus. That is not a, a command that you just take lightly and go, oh gosh, I've got to do this. I've got to tell somebody about Jesus this month. You have the words of life. You have the words of life. What better thing has God placed in our ability to do that would be compared to the words of life? We're talking the difference between a heaven and an eternal place without God? Take God out of it and it's hell. Oh, they'll get what they want because they don't want God now, but that's okay. Just make sure they don't. Let's give them an opportunity to know the gospel, not a semblance of the gospel. Because the gospel is the power of God to all who will believe, first the Jews and the Gentile. It's the power to salvation. I went to church all my life as a kid, and I didn't understand. Didn't understand. They never really got real with me. I'm not going to blame them. I had a Bible to read that I didn't read. But it was just a, a social country club, so to speak, so we could watch and see if Chris had a new red hat on today. Or <laughs> That's all it was. Oh, I remember one guy in the church, pretty wealthy, and he always had some new boots, it seemed like, every Sunday. Polished and shine, slick and everything, and everybody would say, oh, look at Mr. So-and-so's boots. I can still tell you his last name, but I'm not going to. That's the height of church. That's the reason I went to church, is to see the newest fashion. That's the reason I went, because I was made to go. And when I couldn't be made any longer, I didn't go any longer, because why should I waste my time? If I want to join a social club, I'll join the country club. So I went out and did like Adam and Eve. Oh my goodness. Thought I was cool. I had it. I had me all, all my envisions and my things. And I was going to do this and I'm going to do that. Got attached to this good looking chick. Married her. Had kids. Well, she had them, you know. But all of a sudden, things started changing in my life. I thought, I've got children. I've you know, I'm a business guy. Something's missing. I went to the bar quite often. That was my church at the time. Bars are dark for a purpose. I don't want you to see what's going on there. And so forth and so on. But God, Reaching out, drawing me, sending people from time to time. Sent me a young guy uh, that I, when I was a general manager of a dealership, uh, sent me a young guy who was in Bible school to tell me about the gospel. And I just, I heard all that when I was in Sunday school. And he kept hitting at me and hitting at me. Then I hired another guy about a year later. And he was a Christian. I used to make fun of Christians. I remember in college going to a, secular college and we had Abilene Christian come to us to play football and they're, I'm about the fourth or fifth row up and here come these people looking and there's, uh, there's our cheerleaders are out there it's before the game and they're out there doing some of their cheers and stuff and this guy in the Abilene Christian band is looking over at these girls and I said keep your eyes to yourself you Christian everybody around me laughs I thought, cool, you know. I don't know who you are, sir, but I apologize. <laughs> but then the joy of the Lord hit me. Amen. I'm not like that anymore. 
I've been changed. I've been shifted. I've been made a new creation by the grace of God. He came into me and he gave me his life. And he lives inside, praise God. And I have him walking and talking in me. He's my God and I'm his child. And folks, it gets better. And right now, I'm ready for another shifting. I'm ready to go from glory to glory. We sang that song today on purpose of the glory of Eden, that God is restoring it. I'm not satisfied with where I am as a Christian. I'm not satisfied when babies are being slaughtered in their womb. I'm not satisfied when people overseas are killing each other and little babies and, and women uh, in a maternity place are hit with bombs and stuff. I'm not satisfied with the things here. And we can't change everything, but we can change something. And praise God, the prayer meeting was great yesterday. I appreciate everybody being here. There are other people that were here besides here today. That was, it's great. We got to do that. We got to do it more often. We got a women's conference coming up in almost less, less than two weeks. So you ladies, get your equalization on the men that just had one last month. And she's a whole lot better than the speaker we had as far as the looks go. Don't you dare tell her I said that. <laughs> oh, it's okay. God's doing something, and the people that want to be having something done in them. And I'm one of them. And I pray to God that everyone in this room is, and the ones that couldn't make it today. Yes. By the way, I know y'all miss Sarge. Didn't have any donuts today. Yes. <laughs> They're preaching the gospel in Branson. <laughs> Life, that's what it's all about. It's not about your sins. Jesus will, his mercy will wipe you brand new spanking clean. Throw your seas into the sea, of, your seas, your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. I'm just checking to see if you're listening or not. Yeah, I'm sin free. I've been spiritually washed with Clorox. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now we're going to get into a couple of things. Don't lose me now. The answer. Let's go back into... Uh, Genesis 9, 4, but you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it. You drain the blood, right? And for your lifeblood, I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal. And from each human being, too, I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. From each human being, too, I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. Do we recognize that people are creating the image of God? That humanity, regardless of what it looks like, created in the image of God. And that it's our responsibility to offer life to them, not only eternal life spiritually through the words that we speak and through the examples that we give, but it's also up to us to do what we can. It's the reason this church sent money to the people in Ukraine a couple of weeks ago for support of the, the uh, material things through a Christian ministry. Verse 7 said that God speaking to Noah says, For you be fruitful and increase in number. Be fruitful and increase in number. Be fruitful and increase in number. People are, there's a big movement going on in the world, if you didn't know it or not, that has to do with trying to bring de the decrease of population around. They're, they're really trying to do that. They, they want to have less people because the earth can't support anymore. Does God know that? Do you know that's been around for 170 years that I know of? 
Sir? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's because you've been I haven't been alive 170 years, but I've read, okay? <laughs> Don't you trick me on that. <laughs> Tim said uh, at least the last 50, that's because he's been here that long. But see, it, it didn't bother him. He's here today. Praise God. Don't accept what you hear until you compare it to with what God says. Be a Berean. Let's go to John 6.53. We've been talking about what is the answer. We know it's Jesus. Now, what about our relationship with him? John 6.53, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up in the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. And did he make some people tick? Now, I'm going to tell you something today, and don't, lose, don't get nervous yet, okay? I'm not going off on some far deal. And I'm not turning into Catholic, okay? We must eat the flesh and drink the blood of Jesus literally. I'm not talking about physically. When I say literally, I mean spiritually. Now, get the significance of that. That we eat the flesh and drink the blood of Jesus literally in the spirit realm. I lost a few of you there. That's okay. Paddle up. It's a literal experience. It's not literal physically. But it's through the life of the spirit who lives in us. That we make a spiritual connection that's stronger than any physical connection possibly be. It's stronger than any friendship can be. It's a spiritual connection with the creator of the universe. And he's bringing back Eden today to us to walk above the things in this world, to be able to walk above the newscast and above all the drama and all the things that are happening, the political, uh, whatever you want to call it, dung. Can I say dung? Is that okay? <laughs> it's in the New Testament. Well, it's in the Old Testament. <clears throat> and King Jimmy, anyway. What's the NIV say for dung, Kelly? <laughs> Stuff. <laughs> the dung. Why do we let that move us from this side to that side? And oh, me, and what's it going to do? And what's it going to happen? And all the- Folks. That's a bunch of dung too. We've got it made because of him. He says, fear not, I have overcome. And he meant it when he said it. And what he did at the cross, the burial and the resurrection is the dividing point of history. It didn't do just what Noah did is get a new start. It gave us a real start by the spirit realm to be connected to the creator of the universe that we can not only live forever, but that we can live forever. Real life. That I live on the inside with God leading me, guiding me, directing me. I'm not talking about some strange thing, some occultic junk. I'm talking about the word of God that we have, well, you know, I can grow in the spirit. No, you can't. Spirit man's complete. You need to grow in your soul, get the understanding that you're connected with God in the spirit realm, not in the mental realm. And I'm not diffusing the mental part of it. We've got to be mentally sharp and corrected too. 
But it's going to be led of the Spirit. It's going to be filled with the Spirit that we can walk with Him, that we can talk with Him, that we know what's going on according to His will and desire for our lives. I'm talking about being totally submitted to Yahweh through Jesus Christ. Now, if you're just a nominal Christian, hang around. We'll try to fix that for you. But we need Christians who will rise up in the Lord and the power of His might and be bold like that little girl was. I say little girl, she was in her 20s or 30s, I don't know. Who spoke to me about Jesus, had the joy of the Lord. She wasn't telling me I was going to hell before she knew something. She was out there reaching, finding out a little bit about me. That's the reason she gave me two tracks. This guy really may need it, you know, I never can tell. I'm going, uh, this is me thing to you, honey. No, I didn't do that. Folks, this is great. Have you ever wanted to play football and you couldn't play football? Have you ever wanted to be a soccer player and couldn't play soccer? Have you ever wanted to play tennis and you couldn't be tennis? This is your chance, your opportunity to play the real game of life. The one that Jesus bled for. The one that Jesus came out of heaven. Just that alone, the fact that he came down here for 33 years is mind-boggling much less all the horrific things that he had to do for us to win us back, to pay us back, to redeem us from the hands of the devil and to make it available for us to be born again. And then we, we Christians all get on YouTube and we slam each other and look like a bunch of jerks. I, I, I'm not apologizing for anything I've said today. I'm saying it for life and substance and reality then you can put your hands on the plow and look forward. And whoever looks back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. That's what Jesus said. Let's yeah. plow on, praise God. Let's dig up. Let's go forward with it. Let's make the pathway for new things. People who plow are turning the things over so they can plant. So what? There'll be a crop. Yeah. We need a crop of people to be born-again Christians and coming to the knowledge of the truth, to be discipled. What would God do to, with revival today to send a revival to Oklahoma City and a bunch of people were saved? Are we as a church ready for that? Are we ready if hundreds of people should walk in the front door next Sunday? See, we, we need to get our stinking thinking out of the way and think like God does because He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we can think or ask according to the power that works for us, in us. And the truth of the matter is, I can think of a lot of things. I can see a lot of things. He said He can do more than that. We pray for revival, but what are we going to do when it hits? Are we ready to disciple a bunch of young babies? Have we got the diapers ready? And we've got the pablum ready. Are we ready to feed? Are we ready to love and care and get up at 3 o'clock in the morning because... <laughs> this is life in the kingdom. That's what it's all about. Jesus has come that we may have life and more abundantly. The hell the devil. You know, this, this is such an adventure that we can see people's lives transformed right in front of our eyes. That we can partake with them these wonderful things. Just think about people that you know and how you've seen them progress in Christianity. Even in this place in the last months. You know why? Because they jumped in. Jump in the pool, you'll get wet. Praise God. Jesus said, and I'm closing, those who love their life will lose it. While those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. The word life is three times in that sentence. The first two times, talking about your life, it's the Greek word suke, soul. That's the way we translate it. But sometimes it's translated life in most translations for some reason. So let's read that with this in mind. 
Whoever loves their soul, mind, will, emotions, that's what your soul is, will lose it. While those who hate their soul in this world will keep it for eternal zoe, the God kind of life, the abundant life, the overcoming life, the life that's more than anything death can conjure up. You see, we have this problem. We're into ourselves too much. Well, I, I, I. See, we need to get out of that. You ever talk to a five-year-old? How many times you get here? I in the next couple of minutes. Okay, that's okay. If you're five years old spiritually, we still love you. But you can be six days old in the spirit realm and be out of that stuff. Just telling you. There is no restraint of time and growth in the spirit realm. Because, as John the Baptist said, I must decrease. He must increase. If I want to be dead to me and alive to him, I'm on the way, hon. I'm, I'm going to see the glory of Eden restored, to see life. That's what it's all about. It's not about what kind of fruit you eat. It's not about all the little things and uh, the garden and all that kind of stuff. It's about life, the life of God in us, the opportunity He's given to live for Him, with Him, in Him, forever and ever. Now that's... That is enthusiastic as I can bring about in my life with this doubt going crazy. Somebody want to run around the room? <laughs> the old Pentecostal run. <laughs> Seen that happen before. It's been a while. Folks, I love Baptists and Methodists and Presbyterians and Lutherans and Episcopalians and everybody else, but only the ones that are born again are my brothers and sisters. I love Charismatics, Pentecostals, Evangelicals, anybody else that's born again. I love all the people. I mean, I don't care if they're a Satanist. I still love them. Believing for them to get a revelation. But I mean, it's family, born again, family, the children of God. This is stuff that we have this thing that comes to our head and it filters things out. And what we need to do with it is let it in and let it dissipate the things that our mental abilities so our spirit man can rise up to the level he is. Our mental abilities, maybe I ought to say that a little differently. Maybe I ought to say that it, it renews our mind to what God wants, which is what our spirit man already knows. We just need to let him out. You need to see yourself as two people inside, spirit and soul. The Word of God is sharp and powerful, quick and powerful, meaning alive, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, dividing, asunder between soul and spirit, joints and morals, and discerning thoughts and intents of the heart, Hebrews 4, 12, 13. Okay? Divide between soul and spirit. Whatever is my soul, it gets divided. How do I change that? Transforming my mind. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So when we prove the good, perfect, acceptable will of God. Romans 12, 1 and 2. It's my worshipful service, it says. Now these are things we've been teaching all along. And I just want you to be able to open up a little more and let a little more go into you. And leave here today different than you were yesterday. But don't stop there. Keep going. I said I was closing. The life is in the blood. Old Testament, nefesh, soul. New Testament, suke, soul. They're basically the same word. Or the New Testament, zoe, the life of God. Jesus didn't come. And I, I'm not, don't make a big deal out of this, but he didn't come to save our soul. It came to get our soul out of the way and give us a new spirit. 
and to put his spirit in us. I will walk in them, I will talk in them, they will be my people and I will be their God. I'm going to take out the heart of flesh, and, excuse me, a heart of stone and put in the heart of flesh. That's what Jesus does. I'm not trying to be semantics here or anything. I'm just trying to say that when we're clear, then we understand better. Amen? Okay. The answer is to think the Garden of Eden. Because Jesus is all the way through. We can't do anything without him. Remember, we're wrapped up, tied up, tangled up with Jesus. But the answer is that we see Jesus as the life giver to bring the Garden of Eden back inside of us, that we can walk in that kind of a knowledge and understanding, and that that will change us into His image, or like we sang in the middle song, that we are being, we are being changed into His likeness, and when we see Him, we will be like Him. The Garden of Eden is not something we just need to think it's a fairy tale in the, you know, the other books or stuff. We need to realize God's restoring it because he's making us like his creation should be. And he is not slow concerning his promises. We are slow on receiving his promises. And we need to grab hold of Jesus not let go, because he's already grabbed hold of us. Praise God. Would you stand with me as we sing? Actually, we're going to do communion right now, aren't we? Uh, okay, we're going to do communion. Uh, there, people are passing out the elements. The reason that I, here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about the fact that you're connecting with Jesus you're honoring Him. You're discerning the body, which is His body on the tree, but it's also the body that's around you, the body of Christ. If you're a born-again person, if you're nor normally not part of this church, we invite you to enjoy communion with us. We're going to take these elements. Go ahead and pass them out, everybody. We're going to take these elements in remembrance of Him and also in an understanding that we are taking literally the life and the flesh of Jesus in the Spirit, in the Spirit, spiritually. How do you connect spiritually? By faith. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, thank you, of, of evidence not seen. Evidence of the things not seen. Father, we ask you to bless these elements in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, to receive our gratitude for all of the things that you've done for us in our lives. What you're doing this very day. What you've done in the past. What you're going to do tomorrow. We have a gratitude to you that we cannot even grasp the significance of it and the depths of it, the lengths of it. But we do the best we can saying, thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for laying down your life. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood that we may have the payment of freedom, redemption, of being called the sons and daughters of the Most High God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We do this with total respect and gratitude to you. We do it with respect and gratitude to each other. And we thank you, Lord, for the mighty move that you're bringing forth to us in the midst of all this chaos and anarchy that's going around. We will walk by your grace. We will stand by your grace. You've made us able to do what we as mere humans cannot do. But your super comes on our natural and we become the supernatural sons and daughters of God. I want you to go ahead and take the bread. This bread resembles the body which is broken for us.
receive the juice. The blood of the covenant. Jesus made a covenant with God the Father and we're in Christ. So we're part of all the blessings that we're joint heirs with Jesus in heavenly places. Can you see the Garden of Eden? Can you see the things that God has for us? Can you see the desperation of the world today and how we can make a difference? In the name of Jesus, so it be done. And praise and glory to God for bringing back the ark and restoring the Garden of Eden in us. May your glory shine and shine and shine in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing uh, the, garden, the glory of the garden one more time. In him is life. That glory of Eden is life. It's where the tree of life is. It's still there. <laughs> and life is meant for us. We are meant for life. Hallelujah. He gave his life so we could what? Have life. Hallelujah. And even as, as we're entering into, uh, you, you can go ahead and be seated. Hallelujah. The, um, John 3.16, we referred to it earlier. Okay. God gave his son. Okay. I bet you could quote it. Okay. Most of us, the King James Version. <laughs> but God so loved the world. That he what? He gave. He gave his best. He gave his son. That whosoever what? Okay. Shall not what? It's not his heart. Okay. That you experience. Okay. Uh, hell. It's his heart that you experience life. That you experience all. Hallelujah. That is his kingdom and his way. And so when we... Uh, embrace this immense act of love. We respond and we give him our best back. I mean, it's an, even when you know someone that you love very much and they do something so beyond, your natural response is going to be what? To give back to them because you just keep giving back and forth and back and forth all your days. And with our God, He's an eternal God. He's a spirit. Okay? And in him, we live in him and he's in us. And that connection stirs us to want to give of our best. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Oh, I get to do the announcement, so y'all hold on. <laughs> but the first announcement is the most important, at least to me. We are having a women's conference. Raise your hand if you're a lady. And say, I will. You've already agreed to come, so you need to sign up. <laughs> but, you know, in Isaiah 43, 19, God says, see, I am doing a new thing. Do you see it? Do you see it in your life? And God is saying he is wanting to change our story. He changed so many women's story in the Bible. You guys know Ruth, Esther, the list goes on. Abigail, the list goes on and on of the women whose lives he radically changed. And God is wanting to do the same thing. He wants to change your story. He's going to change our stories. Amen. So I want you guys, I'm inviting you guys to come out. It is two weeks from yesterday, which is March 26th, and it's going to be from 9 a.m. to noon. Free breakfast. Just register. We have little cards. I've got one right here, but we've got cards in the back. Please grab them. Give them to your friends. Let them know what's happening. Um, our speaker, her name is Antonetta, Antonetta Campers, and she's going to be here. We're going to have an awesome time in God. Amen. Amen. All right, that's, that's it. No, I'm just kidding. So the, the other announcements, we um, reminding you guys, this Wednesday, 7 p.m., we are continuing the World, uh, World Views Talks with part four. Amen? You guys, come on out. You're missing out. And then finally, um, you can find our podcast on YouTube by searching Let's Talk About It Tomorrow or scanning the QR code by the coffee bar uh, with all of our other resource materials. Amen? And I think I give it now to Pastor Dan. We had something happen 
and I've never seen this happen before, may never see it again, but an anonymous person came and handed $1,000 in cash. It was 10 $100 bills. Mathematically, that's 1000 okay? And here, it just does not come out of the church treasury. This was an anonymous gift totally apart from that. He said, I know that there are people that are struggling right now with gas and food and yada, 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 yada. He said, I'd just like to be a blessing uh, to this church. And so here's what we're going to do. Um, Pastor Kelly's back there. He spread out $1,000, uh, 10 $100 bills. I want you to pray. If God says to get one, I want you to get it on your way out. If uh, God says no, well, don't get one. Okay? So uh, one per family is the limit. Or in a household counts. If you're a single person, that's fine. So just want you to rejoice in God and see how his provision just sometimes walks in the door. And it's just like, you know, wow. Isn't God cool? Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Now be sure and take them all because Kelly's going to grab everything's left. Thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your blessings in this place. We thank you, Lord God, that you're empowering us to be everything that you want us to be, who we are supposed to be, not how much good-looking we are or how many things we've done, but just to be your child and be honored by your presence. And we press through the obstacles that may try to get in the way, and we tell them, no, you don't, in the name of Jesus. For me and my house, we're serving the Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for your hand of protection upon each person. We'll give you the glory and praise for bringing back the garden. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 See you Wednesday night.